Welcome to Fos Church. My name is Glenn, and we are excited to be able to continue being present with each other while remaining physically isolated. Fos Church is a community creating space for everyone to find hope, beauty, and purpose in the story of Jesus. Becoming rooted as we are reduced to love while reimagining our faith together. This series, we've been focusing on the community rhythm called SOAP, which can unite us as we stay home to protect the most vulnerable among us. These acts are part of how we begin to become the good neighbors rooted in our community that honor Jesus by our actions. So you know what to expect. I will follow the SOAP system exactly because I prepared today out of my own journaling practice. Most of the time, SOAP is a reflective exercise, which isn't supposed to be a critical reading of the text. But I allowed myself a little space to nerd out so that we could have a dialogue and because I've done work in this passage before. So let us join Paul, who offers us a unique path into the story of scripture here. So if we've done SOAP together, the acronym stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. So I'm going to name the scripture that I'll be pulling from today out of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 15.3 For what I have, I have, <laughs> excuse me, for I have handed down to you the first things, that which I've received, that Christ died on behalf of our sins, according to scripture, was buried and raised on the third day according to scripture. Jumping down to verse 51. And behold, I tell you a mystery. Not all will go to sleep, but all will be changed. When the words which have been written happen, death will be swallowed in victory. So from there, I'm stepping to the observation of, of where I get to walk through, what did I see in this text? The phrase according to scripture has always held such a definitive weight for me, like a blueprint that we had to journey back to, an original form which held the truth, the secret, or as Paul would say, the mystery of what is coming. This weight of that original blueprint became unmanageable for me because the distance between what was and what is, the gaps existing between how we understand and the ways it was understood, defied all of my attempts to create an easy, simple, old-fashioned religion by which my world or worlds um, would come into line. This problem magnified when I got to do work on the passage because verse 54 that says, when the words that have been written come into being, death will be swallowed by victory, um, continues in 55 and 56, saying, where then death is your victory? Where then death is your sting? And it goes into this point that it starts quoting from Hosea 13, 14. In Hosea chapter 13, verses 14, it has this moment. And Paul chooses a line from this. But there's something interesting here. Because usually when you think the Old Testament, when you think Hosea, what you're going to be thinking is, okay, he used the Hebrew Bible. 
except not in this one. The problem's magnified about going back to the original blueprint because he chose the, the old Greek Bible that got translated in 300 BC. But there, there's actually something a little more complicated there because he didn't just choose the old Greek Bible. Um, there's a debate going on in this passage that um, this quote is coming from either two other traditions of old Greek, which is Aquila or the Theodosian. So you, you see, it gets a little more when we think we're going back to the original, back to the blueprint, back to that which was, that Paul chose to use the Greek, but not even the other Greek that we knew of that got originally translated by a bunch of scribes, the one that we believe was translated by Aquila and intentionally changed the original blueprint. So this means that according to scripture, doesn't mean what I've always thought it did. To further complicate this, let's look at 1314 in the Hebrew, which says, will I deliver them from the power of death or in this it's Sheol? No, I will not. Will I redeem them from death? No, I will not. Oh, death, bring on your plagues. Oh, Sheol, bring on your destruction. My eyes will not show any compassion. Notice, it has a negative ending and death sting is very active. Out of Paul's 108 uses of the Old Testament in the books, like there's a big debate around academia of like how many of Paul's letters are Paul's letters. This is just for the ones that everyone's like, yes, that had to be Paul. He uses the Old Testament 108 times. Of those 108, 88 of those are from the Greek Old Testament. 20 are from the Hebrew Old Testament which tells us it wasn't that he just didn't have access. He didn't know that this one was done differently. It actually shows us that Paul had access and knowledge of both traditions. Yet he chose the text, which rewrote the original in order to create a more beautiful ending that resonated with the experience of a new community. Or as if you ever want someone to read on these, Richard Hayes would say that Paul moved from a new ecclesiological lens, a new way of saying, what does it mean to be us? And that allowed him to reread text. So based on the powerless Messiah bringing new life through a revolutionary death, a revolutionary death. When he was supposed to bring it by the power of a revolutionary murder, he had to come to re-understand his traditions that came forward. Yet Paul, dreams, inspiration, according to the scriptures, sorry, Paul's dreams of this new community still brought into the inspiration of according to the scripture, and he finds Jesus. Um, it uses a term here, which would be paradidomy, which is generally what you use for handing down a tradition or something authoritative. It's what you would have with the teacher saying, here's the best way to read. These are the traditions. This is generally when you'd use this verb. And that's the verb he uses when he says, for I have handed down to you the first things or the most important things, the traditions that he received, he is making known. Namely, he announced that the beautiful tragedy of an innocent man willingly facing the machinations of Israel and Rome, they're grabbing for power, thus undoing the first missteps performed by the first Adam 
to solve the evil brokenness that could harm us in this world that he names our sins. Jesus, the innocent one, refuses to participate in the cycles of violence and grasping for power, in the cycle of saying, my people will rise once I can get yours to fall. Because he sees in the cycles of violence, which threaten to have victory gulped down by death, that the only way through is by having this mystery of the powerless victory found in Jesus, who would not cause Jerusalem to fall or Rome, but resurrection proved him right. This victory was never in a straight reading of the original writings. You would never get it through the historical argument that Hosea had to always mean this. Shadows, hints, and possibilities echoed, but they needed to be nuanced. The potentialities existed, but they had to be named and enacted to become real for the community. Jesus dying for Paul for Paul's people, because Paul would have thought of Jesus dying for Israel solely, didn't become Jesus dying for the whole world by itself. It was through an active engagement with the original text to where Paul, who now um, sits in a new time, rereads his old text because of his experience of Jesus to find things which could never have been plain because it could never have been the literal readings inspired by his new experience in the community. And now we sit in a new century pondering the writings, writings which imagined that not all would sleep, but all would be changed, that an end to death and the birth of a new way, and this was found in the gift of the all, all things changing. Obviously, all the recipients of this letter died. And I fully believe that my generation will also sleep with our ancestors and wait until the full mystery is swallowed up and death gives way to victory. This means like Paul's reading according to scripture, what is fixed is the gift of an uncertain future where the changeableness of all things remains a hope. And when it says, all things will change, that includes the meanings named according to scripture. And like Paul, I sit at the turning of an age and must continue reimagining how this turn will shape the Jesus communities that we participate in and how we sit in the text. It will not be enough to have a strong or valid historical argument. We need to learn how to discover Jesus and the coming mystery which are not fully contained by an ancient reading, an idealized former community, because the words which have been written are still coming, still in the future. And we reimagine as Paul consistently does throughout Corinthians in order to move towards this unknown future that is understood, shaped, and defined by experience rather than historical certainty. And that is the end of the observations to where we get to see that, that Paul just didn't have the straight reading. It wasn't that Paul said, the Bible said it, I believe it, that settles it. Paul moved from experience, from, from the gathered community and said, because Jesus is, we have to reimagine and dream about what our scriptures could mean.
So my application, for me, it's difficult to explicitly, um, obviously allow experience to reshape my tradition, even though we are all affected by the communities we come from. So there's none of us who are left unaffected by our experiences. It's hard for me to admit. Yet that is exactly what brought about the story of the New Testament. For myself, I wrestled with a zero-sum concept of my faith. The tradition which has been handed down to me, the writings themselves, were always a, it's an absolute right or an absolute no. There's an absolute meaning, a perfect meaning. But as the foundation of this absoluteness cracked around my feet, I felt a drive to throw away everything and find something new, something which is beyond intellectual, historical, and critical scrutiny. But listening to the voices that reauthored their traditions and created new meanings at the collision point of the sacred tradition they inherited, the new voices in conversation with them, and the lived experience they have now, I found hope in the promise of all things will be changed. When according to scripture is safely contained in the past and fully satisfied by historical meaning, I am forced into a passive position because there's no room for my voice in such an absolute, because there's no room for me to be able to have a change. The text acts upon me. Yet following Paul's hope, construction of new meaning offers the possibility of a mystery coming at me, coming at us. And this means I cannot afford to be passive. I must actively construct. I'm not constrained by the literal, but it does act as a needed guide as I learn to anticipate that which I cannot see coming, that which is always about to happen, where death will be swallowed whole. This is not to find the end or the last word. This is not to fight over Paul's perfect understanding it is to enter into and take ownership over what the community could look like if I allowed myself and allowed my readings of the text to be mediated by my experience in life where I've seen and found God and other people that shocked me and caused me to go back to my text to find new meanings. Paul's experience caused him to boldly claim not all would sleep, but the entire generation that he wrote to has slept for 2,000 years. I am not confident that I could or would even desire to name the last word. What adventures would we have if we had all the answers now? But I or we seek to name the potentiality what could happen and labor to become it. This way, as Paul said, ending this inclusio, the second of scripture to where he said, here's the love that could be, and we step into the idea that Jesus' resurrection can make this possible. We end in 58 where he says that you know that our suffering is not in vain or pointless in the Lord, that our pain is not without purpose. Our struggle, our trying to interpret, our trying to allow our, our experience to crash into what we've received in order to be able to enter into this poetics where we can describe a new way of being in community, even if it goes against some of the readings that we've grown up with, will not be in vain. Because we labor not for the final understanding or the last word, but for the next line the songs of the people waiting for what is to come when according to the scriptures, we will witness the coming mystery in life. 
I must continue to situate myself in the writings in order to shape my imagination, as our vision said in the beginning, that together we reimagine our faith. For the reality, the writings could not fully see yet. And so I close with the prayer I had in my devotion. Jesus, help me to see the world and the, my my <laughs> and the mystery coming into being so I can labor to see it become true.